Hey, it's Shayla Boyd-Gill, the host of the Elite Black Woman Podcast, the one place where we can talk about it all. Are you ready? Let's go. They always told me to go to school so you can get a good paying job. I know you're familiar with that. If you're from my generation, I'm knocking on the door of 50. I am absolutely sure that you know what this is all about. So I followed the rule. I went to the university, got the good job, and hated it. (laughs) Absolutely hated it. Once I realized what was really going on. And what I want you to know is that's normal. It happens all the time. We just don't talk about it. So I really remember what it felt like to get up every morning, trek in around the beltway. And I can remember the one, the one that stands out for me the most is when I was heading around the beltway. That's in the Washington, D.C. area. I was heading around the beltway and it started snowing. The worst thing that can happen on the beltway or the highway in D.C. is unexpected snow. So it starts snowing and my car stalls. And when it stalls, I'm like just panicking. Oh my God, I have to get to work. It's, it's important. I need to get there for a meeting. I somehow was able to pull over on the side of the road And by this point, I'm cussing and screaming because I'm frustrated. And by the way, I'm pregnant with baby number three. So I called into the job and I was like, hey, I'm not going to make it because I'm caught in a snowstorm. And as a matter of fact, (laughs) I can't get anywhere. My car is not doing what it needs to do. And do you know what they said to me? And they said, hey, you want us to send a truck out to get you so you can get in here, get here in time for the meeting? They didn't care. I realized in that moment, they could care less if I was scared. They could care less that I was pregnant. They could care less that I needed some respite. I needed to get somewhere safe. All they wanted to know was, could I make it to this meeting? Because if I made it to this meeting, I could make money for them. I knew that was the breaking point. At that moment, I knew I'd never return. So... I definitely had baby number three. That's who I was pregnant with. Once I had the baby, they called me and said, hey, are you coming back? When are you going to make it back in here? When can you make it back so that you can do more work? I decided I'm not going back. So I remember going in with the baby in a baby wrap attached to me. And I purposely brought my baby to the job because I knew if I had a baby with me, I would remember my why. So I went in and I took this letter and this letter, I entitled it my freedom letter. I took it to my HR person and I slammed it on her desk. I said, I'm not coming back. Here's my letter. I don't want to come back. I can't do it. Baby's here. This isn't working for me. And suddenly they decided to start incentivizing me. Hey, if you come back, we'll give you more money. We'll give you the corner office. We'll even make sure you have a place where you can pump milk and do everything that you need to do. They didn't understand that it wasn't about the perks. I didn't want perks. I wanted a life that I really could enjoy and I didn't see it with them. So I made sure I handed the letter over. So the way we kind of negotiated was after I 
<laughs> supposedly quit. <laughs> they said, well, can we contract out your services and send you work at home? Absolutely. We can do that. I did that for a while, but I had to sit with my family, my husband, and I said, you know, we depend on a two-family income in this household. So I needed to do the contract work with them until I could replace that money. And I I said to him, I'm like, you know, I have to figure out what I can do. What can I do really well? What could make a difference here for my family, myself, and something I would absolutely love? Now, the humorous answer that I often tell people is when I thought about what I did well, it came down and it really boiled down to having babies. Who says that? Me. (laughs) Only Shayla. (laughs) I said, I'm really good at having babies. And I know that there is a need for support around having babies, especially in my community. And I needed to figure out how could I get out there and support more people and make money doing that. And so I approached it from a place of my community, women of color that look like me, they need help. I got certifications so that I could work in a place of being a childbirth educator and a doula. What I loved about being a childbirth educator is I could determine the time that I wanted to work. That worked for me and that worked for my family because at this point I had three babies, a brand new baby and two toddlers. And in the midst of all of this, I went to school for my son's um, PTA meeting and he was in first grade. He got to first grade and the teacher said, hey, Miss Boygill, your son is amazing. He's absolutely amazing, but I have something I want to tell you. And I'm like, well, what is it? The boy's doing good. What's going on? She said, I think that you should really consider either putting him in private school or homeschooling him. And at this point, I'm like, well, okay, you're crazy. Number one, we don't have the money to do private school. Number two, I'm not a freaking teacher. And so she said, well, the reason is he's so brilliant but he's not mature enough to go to the grade level that he should be in. So they wanted to put him in third grade. He wasn't emotionally mature enough for that. And she said, I'm so afraid that if he stays in this system, we're going to dumb him down and he's not going to thrive in this environment. You only need to give me one warning for me to know I need to do something. You threaten me about my child. That's it. Okay, great. I'm going to have to take him out. Can't afford private school, but we can definitely look at homeschooling. So I freaked out with my husband (laughs) and he was like, well, what are you going to do? I'm like, well, we're freaking homeschooling him. So I had to learn how to homeschool while learning how to run a business. And I did it because I wasn't willing to allow my child to suffer in a system. And I did it because I did not want to go back to the job that I had been employed in just to be able to make money to put him in private school. And so I had to find a community. I found I, I really had to speed up my process and talk to people. Who do you know this homeschooling? Who do you know this in the community? Who do you know that's able to support me here? I found a group called Mocha Moms, Women of Color. And within that group, there was a group that was homeschooling. And so 
I got a chance to connect with them and they supported me in deciding how I would homeschool. Of course, I'm a rule breaker, so I didn't choose to follow a basic curriculum. I wanted to piece together things that I wanted my children to learn. But I also needed a network and a community to support me because I was still starting this birthing business. So clients were coming in for birthing. The kids needed to learn. I connected very closely with women in this community. So when I was busy birthing, they would come, some would come over my house. I would invite them to teach at my house so that my kids could be watched or I would send them to their houses. My husband worked his job and we made it work. We had conversations and we made it work. What really frustrates me is when people say, I can't do the thing I really want to do because I have kids. Or I can't do the thing that I want to do because of my partner. I love to tell people it's possible, but you have to figure out a system and a way to make it work. I had to ask for help. I had to find a community of people that were doing things that I needed to do that would be willing to support me on the journey so that I could still generate money and I could support my children at the same time. And so we've been able to do this work, like I did the birthing work, and I understood I couldn't approach it from the place of it being a hobby. A lot of people that I saw were like, oh, I'm going to just do, I love women, I'm, I love births, I'm going to help every woman. I said, no, I'm going to help the right woman, and the women are going to invest to work with me. And so I positioned my company, my birthing company, as a very um, a standout company called Birth Diva, <laughs> where I showed up to the different homes. And, you know, it, it was funny because I would show up to homes to women that look like me and they would say, I've interviewed many people and you showed up, but you were very put together, meaning you showed up like a business. Like I came ready with the contracts, ready to swipe cards, telling them I'm available they understood they would be taken care of. It was high touch. And they said yes. And so I was able to work with them and get the momentum and bring the money in for my family, but still homeschool my children and make life happen the way that I wanted it to be. It felt very fulfilling. What I did not know (laughs) was how to truly run the business. I knew how to generate money. I knew how to show up as if it was put together, but I didn't know how to manage it. If I look back now on that birthing business, I probably would have brought in some other birth workers under my company. But the mistake I made was building the company around me, which created dependencies, unfortunately. Everyone wanted to work with me. And when I did try to bring people in a little bit later, it was too late. And so I burned out. I truly burned out. I attended enough births, over 300 births, and I definitely found myself in a place of feeling a little miserable because what I knew is I know how to make money, the people are being taken care of, but am I being taken care of? That was the question I had to ask. Am I being taken care of? And then the guilt came in of I'm doing such a great job of taking care of everyone else's family. What about my family? My husband was holding it down. That wasn't a problem. My mom would jump in where she needed to. My community jumped in where they needed to. But I still felt as mom, 
I needed to be doing more. And it took lots of conversations um, with my mother and with my husband. My mom saying, you know, you can't do all things. You're not going to be here to cook all the meals, clean the house, do all things. You got to allow yourself to be supported. And that was a turning point for me because I was attempting to, to do everything, which is why I was exhausted and miserable. But I understood long-term by the time we got to baby number five, this was 2010, I was still burning out. I said, I don't know how many more backs I can rub. <laughs> but what I did understand was the way I positioned myself in that community, I had a skill set that the other birth workers did not have. They understood how to get certified, but they didn't understand how to make it a business. I understood that piece. So I was able to start teaching and training other birth workers after they got certifications. How do you make this into a real business? How do you really make money out of this and stop being the hobby owner in it all? That was cool. While I said, remember I said I didn't know business <laughs> the way that I needed to know business? In the midst of all of this, you know, you had your 2008 crash, then nine. In number 10, baby number five, when I'm saying I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I was making quote unquote good money in this work, but we were spending all of the money in the work. And so we did find ourselves in a place in our household running out of money. My husband had a cap on how much money he could generate. I could make more money with the birthing business, but it meant I would have to be away more. Eventually, the bills started adding up and ended up filing for bankruptcy. Devastated, completely devastated, traumatized, guilty, trying to figure out where did I go wrong? Because of course, you go into that story of, I'm so smart. I know better. I should have put these things in place, but I didn't. And it was the eye-opening experience that I needed. I remember going into the lawyer's office and the lawyer says to me, you know, I, I, I had the audacity. <laughs> I remember I walked in, it was my husband, myself, and the baby, baby number five. And he looked at all of our expenses, looked at me, looked at the number of babies I had. And he says, I don't even know how you're surviving doing all of these things. You absolutely need to file for bankruptcy. And I'm like, no, 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 I can pay the bills. I can do it. I can do it. He was like, no, free yourself. How about that? Free yourself. Just get a fresh start, start over, did it, felt guilty, carried that guilt for a few years. But while feeling guilty, which is really strange to say I was doing, I was holding that, I knew I had to still do business. And so I gradually shifted to teaching women how to start their business, and how to build it properly, put the infrastructure in place. The thing that I did not do, I taught them how to do it the right way after I learned that lesson. And the reason that I do that now, and the reason I, I'm supporting women and, a, and able to help them to grow, scale, and do all the things is because I know what it's like to feel like there's nothing there. I know what it's like to feel depleted. I know what it's like to feel guilty. So I really love sharing from a place of simplicity, keeping things simple so that you can thrive, so that you can survive, so that you can live. And that's what I had to give myself enough grace to do. So one of the things that I stand behind is family freedom and affluence, meaning you can support the family, have the family the way that you desire, 
and the freedom that you really decide you want for yourself your way and you can make big money at the same time. It doesn't have to be one or the other. It can be all things your way. And I had to learn how to do that. I had to make that a norm for me and not something that was I was desperate about. It had to be normal. The guilt had to be released around it. Um, I built all of the, the businesses so that I could be present for my family. I could be present for my children. And had I not had that conversation with that teacher, I don't know what my life would have looked like. There's no telling you know, if I would have decided to homeschool eventually or not. But because of that, I've been able to spend more time with my children, travel the world with them, have experiences, and not feel guilty about the time that I spend in my business. Because goodness gracious, I'm sure at times they want to say, get her away. (laughs) We've seen enough of her. So when I do go away, there's no guilt. They've had enough of me. They are well taken care of. I feel good about the work and the time that I'm putting in. And I know it's worth the journey. I know for a fact that it's worth the journey. And it's been something that I would do all over again. I wouldn't change a thing because the mistakes that I've made, the valuable mistakes and the journey that I've had is what's gotten me to the position that I'm in today. If it was all smooth sailing, we wouldn't value it right? You have to have bumps and bruises, but those are just lessons. And if I can encourage you to do anything is just embrace the lessons along the way. Don't carry them. I carry, as I talked about the bankruptcy, I carried that as guilt and shame. But when I was able to let that go and understand, okay, that was an expensive lesson. Let's not do that again. It positioned me to be able to show up differently for myself, for my family, and for my clients because it took the perfection out of everything that I did and allowed me to be true to who I was and allow people to see that things happen. Embrace the fact that things happen and grow from the fact that they happen, knowing that opportunity is on the other side. And so if you don't do anything else, I encourage you to really consider Whatever your journey is, however you decide that you want to magnify or amplify that journey, go for it. Go for it. Do the bumps and bruises along the way. Fall if you have to. Get back up. Just know it's worth it. And so I thank you for listening. And I hope if you really enjoyed this, be sure to comment below and let me know. Hey, I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. Thanks again for listening to the Elite Black Woman Podcast. And by the way, if this conversation resonates with you, make sure that you take my Lux Factor quiz at getluxquiz.com. 